Hey, I'm Rod. This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about unimportant subjects. And today we're going to talk about cereals. So almost every weekday morning, I have one of two things for breakfast. I either have Honey Nut Cheerios, not an ad, or I have oatmeal. Um, sometimes overnight oats, sometimes just oatmeal that I buy in the office that they make, however you conventionally make oatmeal. Uh, but the other day as I was sitting down there eating, I kind of just started thinking to myself, what kind of food is this? Like I know it's breakfast cereal, and I know that oatmeal is in the cereal aisle, but what kind of food is it? Whenever I have these types of thoughts, I usually just look it up, and it turns out that both Honey Nut Cheerios and oatmeal are cereals. <laughs> That's the actual type. Uh, so cereal is much more than just breakfast cereal. Uh, cereal is any of the edible component components of the grain of cultivated grass. So pretty much cereal is the part that you can eat from cultivated grass. Now, when I say cultivated grass, maybe you're thinking, I have no idea what that is. So... There are many types of cultivated grass. The big ones are maize or corn, rice, barley, wheat, sorghum, millet, oats, rye, tetracal, and phonio. Uh, those last two aren't so common, but I'm sure you've heard of the first three at least. So yeah, uh, that is what a cereal is. Cereal is much more than just a breakfast cereal. Cereal is you know, corn, rice, barley, wheat, all of those are cereals. So how often do I eat cereals? When I don't have cereal, usually on the weekends, I like to have eggs and bacon. That's not cereals there. But if it's a really good weekend, I'll have pancakes. Pancakes are made of wheat or flour, and that's a cereal. Okay, so maybe I'll have waffles. Waffles are made of the same thing, so that's a cereal. My go-to lunch at work when I don't bring lunch from home is chipotle, which has rice or brown rice. That's a cereal. When I do bring lunch from home it's usually a chicken and rice so that's a cereal um when i'm feeling like not eating healthy i'll have tacos which have usually corn tortillas and that's a cereal or i'll have a sandwich which has bread that is made with flour that is derived from wheat so that's a cereal so then i started thinking how many how much of our food or how much of the food that i eat is actually consisting of cereals um, and it turns out that it's not just me pretty much Cereals are some of the most widely consumed foods in the world. And I want to specifically focus for a little bit on corn or maize because it's a really cool plant and I'm Mexican and Mexicans have a deep attachment to corn. Uh, so yeah, I want to talk about corn for a little bit. So corn or maize was first domesticated in Mexico in the Tehuacan Valley as early as 9,000 years ago. But there are some studies recently that suggest that it happened even earlier than that. And within like 600 years, it spread to South America, got to the Andean Valley. Um, but before domestication, maize plants grew only small, one-inch long corn cobs, and only one of these cobs existed per plant. And through many centuries of artificial selection, that's how maize developed. And we have plants now that are capable of growing several cobs per plant and are several inches long each. Uh, so... That happened in Mexico when the Spaniards came over in the 1490s that they took it back to Europe and it spread all over the world. And in modern days, there's a greater weight of maize is produced each year than any other grain. 
2014, 1.04 billion tons of corn were produced. Yeah, that's a lot. The largest producer is the U.S., and the second largest is China, which is pretty cool when you consider that this plant came from Mexico, and now there's literally millions of tons of it being produced in China, which is just kind of really amazing. Um, the Ukraine and India are also some of the top producers, which kind of furthers that spread of corn and how far it went. But corn or maize is not just food. In the U.S., about 43% of the yield of corn is for livestock feed, which is, you know, it's just for animals and everything that we, the stuff that we eat, eats corn. 30% of the yield of corn in the U.S. is to ethanol production, which is for fuel, and 15% is exported. 8% is used to produce starch, corn oil, corn syrup, and only 2.7 is used for human consumption, and that includes alcohol. So corn is used for a lot of things. Um, cereals are used for a lot of things. Cereals are kind of a big deal. Maize, wheat, and rice together account for 89% of all cereal production. And in 2009, maize, wheat, and rice account for 43% of all the food calories in the world. Just think about that. 43% of the energy that humans got in the world came from those three cereals. That's pretty incredible. That's because cereals are the foundation of civilization. They are the most widely grown plants in the world. Chances are that if you know a farmer or when you think of a farmer, the visual that you have of that farmer, they're growing a cereal, they're growing wheat, they're growing corn, they're growing rice. Uh, whatever it may be, and this has been happening for a long time. There's evidence of grain harvesting in Syria from roughly 10,000 years ago, and that, that's across the whole Fertile Crescent. At the same time, there were farmers in China that were harvesting rice and millet, and they were using man-made floods and fires to do so, so they were going to extreme lengths to, to grow and harvest these plants. Uh, millet and sorghums were also being domesticated in Africa and maize was being domesticated in Mexico or Central America. Cereals are essential in transforming humans from hunter-gatherers into farmers, which led to civilization. So cereals were the first plants that we as a species calmed down to cultivate and thus because of them and the domestication of animals we created agriculture. So for millions of years, humans gathered plants and hunted animals that lived without any intervention. But that all changed when this happened because we don't have to chase the buffalo across the prairie. We don't have to migrate with it. We don't have to go where the plants are growing and then we eat them all up and then we go to another place. Now we as a species with agriculture, with these cereals, can settle in one place. We can pick the place that's near the river or the water source or whatever, settle there nest, build up a structure to live in that can be permanent and we don't have to take it with us everywhere we go, live with others around us that are also growing, helping us grow that food. Agriculture allowed for the support of an increased population, which led to societies, which eventually led to the development of cities. And when we have cities, that requires organization, that leads to political power, that leads to social like society like social stratification it's called kind of like having a society and having classes within the society and you know all of this because there needed to be decisions made regarding labor and what to do with our harvest 
access to rights and land. Agriculture is responsible for all of this, and cereals are the biggest thing that led to agriculture. Agriculture and, and, and cereals made it possible to have cities, civilizations, houses, pretty much everything we know can be traced back to cereals, to the harvesting of cereals. And that's why they're amazing. <laughs> so you know it's a lot more than just breakfast cereals. These are the plants that fundamentally change the way we are as a species. And there's this book by a man named Earl Shores. It's called The Life and Times of Mexico. And he starts off this book in a really beautiful way that kind of shows this union between cereals and civilizations in a way that when I first read it, it's really right at the beginning of the book. And when I first read it, I kind of like sat back and just kind of went, whoa, because it, it's, it's a really cool way to put it. And this is talking about corn. So I'm going to read from the book a little bit. Quote, Mexico was born in 1821 or 3000 BC. Either date will do, but 1821 suffers a lack of implications. It was merely the year in which New Spain won its independence from Old Spain. The earlier date has more meaning because it represents the domestication of the wild grass that later became corn. The first plantings probably took place in Tehuacan in the current state of Puebla in central Mexico. 3000 BC also serves as a better date of birth because of the nature of corn, which is the only grain that cannot survive without the aid of a human being, because the husk does not open and the seed does not fall from the ear. According to the Popol V, sometimes known as the Maya Bible, the first human beings were made of corn. The Maya metaphor had it right. With the planting of the grass, both the corn and the planter were domesticated. The hunter-gatherers had to stay in one place during the growing season, and the corn had to be cultivated by the formerly nomadic people. Corn transformed society, bringing about what was to become one of the world's original civilizations. Mexico was born. End quote. Tell me that's not beautiful. And tell me that doesn't illustrate just how important this plant is, just how important these plants are, because that same story of Mexico is a story of the Fertile Crescent in the Middle East, is a story of the Yangtze Valley in China, is a story of the Indus Valley in India, is a story of Egypt, is a story of all of these civilizations that led the way for us to be here, that started us down this path, that started modern history, is because of these plants. So we are who we eat, not just at a personal level, we are who we eat at a civilization level. If not for these foods, if not for these grasses, if not for these things that that we harvested, that we cultivated, that we settled down to grow, we wouldn't be who we are. Your cereal is a lot more than just what you eat. It's directly responsible. Well, not directly responsible, but it's directly a, a sign or it's been around for so long that it's kind of like if the, if the breakfast cereal wasn't there, then we wouldn't have the civilization, but you get what I'm trying to say. And one last point that I want to bring up with cereals is at the end of the day, are we better off now that we mess around with these grasses and mutated them to the point that we harvest them and, and we take care of them and we grow them all over the world? Or were we better off before as a species? There's a great book by Yuval Noah Harari. It's called Sapiens, and it's analyzing 
the early history of humanity and kind of civilization and all these very interesting topics. I highly recommend it. But he touches upon this. And again, this is going to be a first for the Irrelevant Information Podcast. I'm going to read again from a book. Again, this is Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, who addresses this point. Um, he says, quote, 10,000 years ago, wheat was just a wild grass, one of many confined to a small range in the Middle East. Suddenly, within just a few short millennia, it was growing all over the world. According to the basic evolutionary criteria of survival and reproduction, it has become one of the most successful plants in the history of the earth. Within a couple of millennia, humans in many parts of the world were doing little from dawn to dusk other than taking care of wheat. It wasn't easy. Wheat demanded a lot of them. Wheat didn't like rocks and pebbles, so sapiens broke their backs clearing fields. Wheat didn't like sharing its space, water, and nutrients with other plants, so men and women labored long days weeding under the scorching sun. We guarded and protected wheat from insects, blight, and bunny rabbits. We dug ditches and carried buckets of water to irrigate it and collected animal poop for fertilizer. This had profound effects on humanity, not least of which wheat forced us to stop wandering and to settle permanently next to our fields. This completely changed our way of life. We did not domesticate wheat. It domesticated us. The word domesticate comes from the Latin domus, which means house. And who's the one living in the house? End quote. Tell me that's not an interesting way to look at what we eat. Uh, <laughs> that initial thought of my breakfast cereal and how I eat it every day, humans have been eating cereals since the very beginning of civilization, since the very beginning of what we became who we are now. In fact, that's one thing that ties me back to, you know, that ancient human, that ancient Aztec, that ancient person in the Fertile Crescent. We still eat cereals almost every day, and we still depend on it for so much. From our economy here in the United States, with all the farm subsidies, to our industry, to everything, because even what we eat eats majority grains. And that's been the bedrock of our civilization for so long. And it's changed us in such a dramatic way that even though historically speaking, we haven't been eating these plants or cultivating these plants for so long, they have broken us to the point where right now, if all if I was to go live out in the fields and try and be a hunter gatherer, I would die. And the majority of you guys would too. So the next time you're enjoying a corn tortilla with your taco or having some bread or eating oatmeal or having your honey nut Cheerios in the morning, just like I do almost every day, just remember that we have been eating this thing as a species for thousands of years. And it's because of that thing that we are who we are right now, that our civilization exists. And that's pretty cool. Thanks for listening. Hey, I just want to take some time here at the tail end of the show to sincerely thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me ramble about stuff that I find interesting. It really means a lot. And um, just want to invite you to subscribe, leave a review on the Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to. If it's in Google Play, uh, subscribe in Spotify. We're available there. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter at IrrelevantPub or myself personally at R-O-D underscore N-U-N-E-Z. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. 
and that's all I want to say.